Alrighty, welcome on in to another morning after. I'm your host, Tubby. Uh, my usual, our everyday host, Tyler Trumbauer, is on special assignment today, so he will not be with us. But instead, I have the fill-in man. It's like calling Babe Ruth in off the bench. Let's I got my go. man. I got my man, Vic Hudson, right here. Vic, and I'm how calling you? my shot right now. Calling it. Burrow Soccer is on fire, yo. On hot fire. We're gonna hot. get to them uh, a little later on in the show. Is Mike Fenner? The uh, other half of our game-calling duo, um, which they actually called four games, Vic, mm -hmm. four games in seven days, the last one being on Sunday, which went into overtime. You know, I listened to the game uh, against Gannon. Was it Gannon? Yeah. On was, Friday? Yeah, yeah. Great game. They call it a great game. You know, that's the first game I listened to them this year, and they call it a fantastic game. They really do. They do uh, a great job. Yep. Tyler does a really good job on the uh, – Women's soccer doing the play-by-play. -play. Mike uh, chimes in with his color commentary. And it's really good. I mean, they, they paint a picture vocally. You can almost, like, you can if you just close your eyes, you can see exactly what's happening. And uh, that's the way it's supposed to be done. That's how professionals do it. And they get the job done. Yep. Done. So uh, let's go into the NFL because some stuff happened. And, yeah, I was really worried. <laughs> But, uh, you know, since since we're Cleveland guys, let's mention real quick our Thursday night disaster. No. Cleveland no. versus uh, Cincinnati in the primetime game on NFL Network. So the whole world can see, you know? Right. The whole world can just see what Mike Pettin and Ray Farmer cooking up here in Cleveland. <laughs> what they're not cooking. 31 to 10. Yuck. It was, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Mm. I mean, let's, let's, let's get to Johnny real quick. How do you think he did? We'll break it down by quarter, break it down by half. How do you how do you think Johnny did? I think Johnny did well. Johnny has, uh, in my eyes, he's improved from last year. No doubt, showed some poise. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a. I wish he wouldn't break so easy to his feet. He did have some outlets um, available. Mm -hmm. um, I wish he would have made those throws. But other than that, from what I've seen from him, the deep. I mean, like, I didn't understand why they didn't do any deep ball. Like they had. Um, Johnny's go-to butter was Benjamin on a deep slant. And I think they maybe ran that what, once, maybe twice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. But, yeah, I, I thought Johnny did well. And I'd like to see him the rest of the season just to see if he can mature and step up in it. Oh, no doubt. Because – go ahead. The Josh McCown era is over. You know, he gave us the best chance to win. I do believe that, and that's the reason we started him. And I, I agree with uh, Petten and Farmer on that decision. But right now, the season's like it's lost. You know, We're so done. you, you got to see what you got in Johnny. You got to, you know, I know some people don't like that throw him in the fire kind of deal. But like this team's not terrible. It's not like they're zero and nine. It's not like we're the San Francisco 49ers now. You know. Or yeah, or the Chicago Bears. Exactly, you know. So we, I want to see what we got in Johnny. Keep him out there, let him progress through the season. Just see what we have. You know, we spent a first rounder on him. It'll be just, it's, it's just not good business if we don't see what we got in Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you gotta, you gotta truly uh, evaluate all your assets available because you Thank got, you. you got to know what you're looking at going into the draft. Which, mm -hmm. for most Browns fans, is our Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's just being honest. That's what we look forward to. I, I have started looking at mocks. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Uh let's dive into some other stuff here going in. Uh one of the games that really shocked me simply because I watched it as I was listening to Burrow Soccer on Sunday 
was the um, Carolina Green Bay game. What a game. I have never seen Aaron Rodgers look so disheveled and dismantled in a football game ever. Ever. You think that was Carolina's D? Or do you think it's just Rodgers maybe just going through a little slump right here? Because he did struggle the week before. He did, and you know, but that was against the Broncos' defense, which is I, I think they're like number one or number two overall in the AFC. Well, first of all, hey, Carolina's defense—they're not too shabby either. No, they're not, no. and I—I I don't know. I've just never seen them off that. Much. And I was trying to figure out if Carolina is that good, are they that legit, or is Green Bay just so riddled with injuries that they made them look that good? I'd say a little bit of both, but I think Carolina's for real. They're undefeated for a reason. Cam is playing at an exceptionally high rate. You know, he's doing enough to be talking in the MVP consideration, isn't he? I, I believe so. I mean, this is this is the Cam Newton that we've all like that the entire football nation has been waiting to see. Exactly, and it's exciting finally. Yeah. You know, everyone. You know, when Benjamin went down before the season started, you know, everyone counted Carolina out. Carolina can't do it without a stud number one. And just look what Cam's putting up. And like, who does he have at receiver? What does he have? Ted Ginn. Yeah. He does Ted have, Ginn Jr. Uh, Greg Olson. He's a stud. Yep. He's a tight end. Who? Uh, uh Funches or Funches? Funches. Yeah, he fun. calls him Fun Fun. <laughs> fun Fun. I I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Well, I can't uh, look at another man, <laughs> another grown man. Who's like ripped as heck every day in the gym? Rip, like, yo, hey, fun, fun, man! I get whooped. <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't say. Maybe Cam could. Well, yeah, me, yeah. But you, Tubby, no. Nah, Tubby that, can't uh, do that. Tubby can do many things. Tubby can't call another grown man fun, fun. You can't call a six six, two thirty. No. Maybe I could call Tyler fun, fun. You think I get away with that? He has fun size. I would say that much. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler Trumbauer. <laughs> <clears throat> oh my goodness! So yeah, so that was the game. I mean, they ended up with a final score, thirty-seven twenty-nine, and really, Green Bay came back late in the fourth. I mean, it wasn't even a game until like the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to win it at the end, and then, uh, uncharacteristically, uh, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, and then Carolina just runs the clock out. So that was that game. Uh, another one that I thought was really interesting. This was my pick for the upset. And it kind of looks like Tubby knows a little bit about what he was talking about. Tennessee, New Orleans, 34-28 over New Orleans. What a game from Mariota. 371 through the air, four tosses for touchdowns. It's impressive. Uh, Mariota has these games where he just goes off. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely he has the look of an NFL quarterback, you know? I think he does, and I think this is characteristic of most uh, rookie quarterbacks. That you look, you'll have these... They're they're kind of bipolar. Oh, I mean, of course they are, you know, because they're just they're transitioning to a new game. It really is a new game going to the NFL level, and but you can see what they can be, you right? Know? And that's what you have to be very encouraging for all Tennessee fans that Marcus Mariota is a stud. You can build around him. You just need a now. It's just going to take time. You know, hitting on those first rounders, hitting on the second rounders as well, getting a, a key free agents, and then this team can. Go as far as Mariota wants to take him. Right, so you're you're pretty locked in that Mariota is the franchise quarterback oh, I mean, there in Tennessee. No, no doubt, you know I can. He's kind of like a Cam in a way, you know. It, it, Cam took a while to get that team going, but it's right. finally going. And you know they got a new coach who uh, they fired uh, Wisenhunt, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So who's the uh, interim now? <sighs> you would have to ask me that. Tyler and I talked about it too, and I have no idea. I can't remember. Often, I'd have to look it up. Okay. Uh, 
Mike Malarkey? Malarkey, that's it. Malarkey. Was that, was that yeah. the offensive coordinator, I'm guessing? I think so, yeah. yeah. And he stepped up. So Okay, well, that's cool. I mean, if that's the guy, that's the guy. But uh, I think they look for a new coach in the offseason, someone, a proven leader, a uh, proven Super Bowl coach. I don't know who's out there on the market right now, but I don't think uh, Mike Malarkey's the guy. Well, but, but, I mean, if they go on a win streak, I mean, this is Malarkey's first game as head coach. Mm-hmm. The game went into overtime, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't see the finish. How was the finish? I believe it was just a field goal. It got into the. Um, I'm trying to remember offhand, and uh-huh. I, I had like all these notes, and I had all this show prep because I knew I was going to be the man in the big boy seat. And you know, I'm just. I mean, com- mom and I'm dad are going off you right now. I know, man. and I'm trying, and I, I'm failing. Um, you're not <laughs> failing. You're doing just fine. I, I, st- I still feel like I need <laughs> one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not too bad. Take uh, a sip of coffee. Yeah, I need more coffee. That's what it is. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to what am I looking? Oh yeah, uh, just for those local guys around here, we have Oakland Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Watch that game. Fantastic game. You know, I know the Steelers won, but I'm putting my focus towards Oakland. Oakland's for real. Right, they're coming I like, back. I know. I like Oakland right now. You know, I was never a big fan, but I love what they do with the Alden Smith pickup. He's a stud. Amari Cooper's fun to watch, and Derek Carr. I mean, what can you say about Derek Carr? You know? Right, he was the guy he that was he was the guy that we all wanted. That exactly. we all wanted, and we didn't. We got Johnny. Exactly. He was the afterthought of all the quarterbacks in that draft two years ago, and look at him now. Well, he's probably got that chip on his shoulder. I mean, definitely, he's. Out playing Bridgewater, Bortles for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely Manziel. I mean, he's playing tremendous, tremendous football right now. Right. I had I actually picked Oakland to beat Pittsburgh yeah. at home. But now Pittsburgh goes into uh, – they're going to face us. They're going to face the Browns here next week, I believe. And they're without Big Ben. Hey. Again. Hey. You know, that opens the door wide for a possible upset with the Browns. I'll say that much. Yeah, But Landry Jones is no joke. Laundry. Laundry Jones. You call him Laundry? I call him Laundry Jones. See, I think he's legit. I wanted what? that. What? I wanted that kid coming out of. Oh, I wanted that no. kid. I wanted him bad. Oh, Tubby. I did. I like him. Tubby, we hardly ever disagree. But never did you just say you want Landry Jones. I did. Laundry. I did. My mistake. I, I, I wanted him bad. I thought he would. I thought he'd be a good solid pickup. Nah. I thought he'd want to be one of those guys you could develop off the bench. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even look that bad in Pittsburgh. He does not look. Th- I can't believe I'm defending a Pittsburgh player, but he doesn't look that bad. I mean, he looks like a solid. You have to specify how bad it is. It's bad. <laughs> All right, I'll just take your <laughs> word on it. It's just that bad. I got it. But no, I mean he completed that one pass to Antonio Brown. He get, Brown did the rest right here. Right. And um, you know, hopefully he can just get the ball to Antonio Brown because I have it in fantasy. He ate this weekend, fifty points. Thank you, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hooking you up. He had a record two hundred eighty-four yards through the air. Just Antonio Brown. That's amazing numbers right there. And the Steelers capped it off with a game-winning field goal at the end, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Do you think the Steelers make the playoffs this year? With Big Ben missing these possibly next two to three weeks. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. I think uh, at this point, I got to believe that Cincinnati will win the division. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that our division will pick up the wild card. Wow. I don't think. I, I think there's. I think there'll be other teams that will come on late. Okay. I can't believe that the entire AFC is this stinking bad. This bad. Yeah. It's real bad. I, I know. So, I mean, I, I got to believe it? that it's coming a, it's out. It's about like three teams. It's like the Colts, 
No, 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 no. No. The Broncos. You're talking Broncos, Patriots, Patriots and, and Bengals. And Bengals. That's it. After that, I think every other team is like five and four. Yeah. And worse. Yeah, they're just they're just trying to keep the flames away from the dumpster at this point. So I mean, I think that bodes well for Pittsburgh. They only have to like somehow win them all. Even if they do lose all these games without Big Ben, they still have a shot to make the playoffs. Do you think a ten win team picks up the wild card? I think an eight win team. An eight win team gets a wild. Eek. I think an eight win team. Eek. It's that it is that bad. Yeah. In the AFC this year. Yeah, which is completely uncharacteristic because normally we're talking about the NFC being that bad, but mm-hmm. yikes. I don't know. But uh, moving on, the other game I wanted to cover is one of my new favorite teams who is now tied for the lead in the division, Minnesota versus St. Louis. I called Minnesota <laughs> to win this game, and they finally pull it out in overtime Against St. Louis, twenty-one eighteen. A lot of overtime games, actually. I just can't. Sunday. I just can't believe that I'm saying this halfway through the season. Minnesota Vikings, six and two. The Purple People Eaters are tied with the legendary Green Bay Packers for the NFC North division lead. Four and zero at home. Yikes! Peterson has turned back the clock. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah, he looks like a young, spry man out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised. This team has really taken hold of uh, Teddy Bridgewater as a signal caller. You know, good for Teddy mm-hmm. out there. This team is flying. That defense is playing hard. This is going to be a fun team to watch, and they're going to be in the playoff uh, playoff talk and division talk apparently too. Right. I mean, it's, it's going to be I, – I think they really have a chance at, at actually winning the division. I still think it's Green Green Bay's to lose. Though. Well, Green yeah, Bay, I mean, Green, Green Bay, Bay could right the ship, and you know, you never really want to count out Rodgers or the Packers. Nah, never or, count out Rodgers. No, you never and do you that, know, Wait until it gets cold. That's where Rodgers, I think, plays well for some reason. Weird enough, right? <laughs> yeah, being a California kid. Yeah, weird enough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, normally you wouldn't expect those guys to come out and like be good in the element, so. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll take it to our first break uh, right now and then uh, come back. Uh, We'll talk about some other stuff with the NFL and uh, get ready for Fenner at 930. So right now, this has been the morning after right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Alrighty, we're back right here on WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. It's your boy Tubby right here on the morning after my man Vic is on his way back in <laughs> directly. He's here. He's here. Uh, yeah, that song uh, kind of it didn't it cut short like it, it was cut a short. Bo- I could have swore it was like a six minute song. I know it. That's what it said, and then like it was down here, and then all of a sudden the poof, it, the song <laughs> ran <laughs> the away. <poof. laughs> the poof. I don't know. I don't understand. But, hey, it's radio. It happens. It's what happens when it's live. Hey, speaking of which, if you can't listen to us live, you can catch our podcast on edinburghnow.com. Just look for the morning after, and it'll be up 
there probably uh, this afternoon, pretty quickly, yep. after we get done recording it here. Uh, if you're listening to us live over the air, you're tuned in to 88.9 WFSE. And if not, you can catch us on the TuneIn app through your mobile device. We are everywhere. You are where Campus Media. How do you like that? That was pretty impressive. That is. That's like that's like I know what I'm doing around here. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> speaking of knowing what I'm doing, we're going to move on to our boy Tyler's favorite team, the Eagles, end up winning against the Dallas Cowboys 33-27 to in overtime. Your thoughts, Vic? Well, coming into this game, this was huge for the Cowboys and the Eagles. You know, playoff implications, the division on the line kind of deal. You know, I know it's early in the season, but I understand tiebreakers and whatnot. And this was a huge win for the Eagles, picking this up against the Cowboys. You know, Tony Romo less Cowboys. And they're 2-6. and six. You know, Dez came back. Dez actually made a phenomenal catch. Matt Castle just threw it up for grabs, and Dez just – just Des Bryant it. Just, just he Des just Des Bryant that ball. <laughs> he went up and got it. That was a fantastic catch. You know, that was a big turning point in the game. But then and then Philly came back in the OT and uh, hit a 41-yarder to Jordan Matthews from Sam Bradford for the Eagles to pull out the win, 33-27. In a walk-off. In a walk-off fashion. Walk-off. In Dallas. In Dallas. Ooh, Jerry Jones. I tell you what, I be- I haven't seen Tyler because he left early on a special assignment, but I can guarantee you there is a smile on that kid's there's face. A, there's a little smirk. That there's a, definitely a little smirk that I bet that you a more size yeah. individual. <laughs> I bet you the smile is so ingrained into him today, a mortician could not wipe it off. <laughs> It's just there. He's going to be grinning all day. All day. Is he coming to class? Uh, no. Okay. This this is an all-day affair that he's uh, on special assignment for. So he will be Good back. Time. He will be back tomorrow uh, with the athlete formerly known as Chewy. And then on Wednesday, he will be in studio with you. Ooh, I get to do a show with the big guy. With the big guy. Uh, because world, Wednesday is Veterans Day, and I will be out. Ooh, what you up to, man? Tell me your plans. Uh, I got invited to my son's elementary school to have, it's called uh, Lunch with a Veteran. Okay. And uh, they invite us in, they serve us lunch, and we get to talk to uh, fifth graders about our experience being a veteran. And You know, that's really good, honestly. Kind of hang out. Yeah, it, it's nice. Our town does a lot for veterans, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm really blessed to live in such a small community that cares so much definitely and i love that you're going to speak to the kids because the kids need to know like what kind of sacrifice you made mm-hmm. you know and that's just tremendous i'm glad the school's doing that for you guys yeah and it's gonna, it's gonna be great it's gonna be a good time there's gonna be a good mix there's um uh usually a, a bunch of granddads that are around that are uh, uh vietnam vets and even some great granddads come in and you know they're world war ii korean vets and you know stuff don't like you that. love hearing those stories yeah oh my you know yeah, you're a vet you probably even love them more than i do but yeah yeah it's funny i came home uh it was just after I had gotten home, and I'm down at the VFW, and I'm hanging out with a, a bunch of our friends and stuff, and uh, they looked over at me, and they were like, so, you know, what was the hardest part about being in Iraq? And I was like, well, you know, this one time, our generator went down, and I didn't have air conditioning for like three hours, and I couldn't get on the internet and watch any movies, and I was really heartbroken about it, because it was down for like three hours, and they just looked at me, like, Really? That, 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 that's your best? That's the best you got? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I was waist deep in a swamp. 
and we didn't get mail for four months, and you talking about some internet? And I was like, dudes, I'm just kidding. And, and like, I'm just pulling your leg. Like, one time I went to the chow hall, and they ran out of lobster and steak. No, I'm kidding. That never happened. But uh, They ran out of A1 sauce? Yeah, I didn't have no A1 sauce. But, yeah, I, I just I was playing it up to them, and, and they had a good laugh about it. It was funny. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been different. And speaking of veterans, they said, I'm not going to be here. If you get a chance, if you get an opportunity to see a veteran out in town, uh, thank them for their service. Please understand that they're not being rude if they don't say thank you right away or if they happen to look down or they happen to look away. It's not because of anything you said. They appreciate you saying thank you. It's just that uh, when you thank a veteran for his service, sometimes, in fact, I know it happens to me a lot, you end up remembering, uh, you end up thinking back to the guys that you carried home, not the ones you came home with. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of there's a little bit of guilt that goes into it, like, hey, you you know, you made it out of there, and some of your guys didn't. So if they seem a little bit standoffish and stuff, don't please don't take offense to it. They appreciate you. They appreciate you saying thank you. Um, it's just sometimes we as veterans may not know how to properly react. So that doesn't sh- shouldn't stop you from you know thanking a vet or saying hi or you know just giving an encouraging word. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't stop. So that's our service amount announcement, public service. Uh, since this is a sports show, we probably ought to get back to sports uh, since we got three minutes here going in. Uh, there was one other game I got to look to see. Did you want to uh, talk about the Indy? Uh, the Denver Indy game? game? Indy Denver? Oh, yeah. We can do that. Oh, yeah. We can do that. And undefeated goes down. Nice. I always love seeing Denver lose. Really? You're not a, Den- you're not a Denver fan? You're not a Manning guy? No. No. No, no. Is it the drive? The drive. You're still on the drive. You stinking A right. I mean, that's Let my. Let it go. No. Let it go. No. <laughs> no. Stinking horse face and that stinking drive ruined my childhood. Well, I wasn't even born. That's what I'm saying. So I, I have no time. That's why me. I'm here to educate. I hear about the drive. That's why I'm here to educate you, young one. You know, I wasn't. Darn there. it. I didn't feel the emotion. I'm not emotionally attached to the drive. But right. I got to tell you, let it go. No. Let it go. No. Is it equal to when LeBron left? It's close. Close? It's close. I mean, to be honest with you, I I got really upset when LeBron left, but I I was ecstatic, bro. I was, what was I? uh, I was a young kid, you know. I grew up watching LeBron. My first Cavalier game was his first game at home, so I was huge. So I've watched him since the day he came and he left. I I couldn't, mm -mm, mm -mm. I was so furiously mad. And my mom's trying to calm me down. I'm like, it's just sports. It's just sports. I'm like, no, mom. It's life. <laughs> <laughs> that's Cleveland. That's that is, our that's, town. We just you know love too hard. We love too hard. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. We love too hard. Yeah. And then we, especially we buy into like all those. Like, remember when Chudzinski came in to coach the team for yeah. that, for that 360 days? <laughs> Poor <laughs> guy. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was an Ohio guy. You believed in him. You had the story of him being a kid. Pretending to be Bernie Kosar out in the yard playing in the snow. Why do I don't know? Okay, I, I'm sorry to stop you, but why do they always do that with Cleveland fans? They they did that with Brady Quinn. Mm-hmm. They did that with Shud. Mm-hmm. They did that with Swisher. They did it with Hoyer. They did with Hoyer, and it, they all go crashing, just yeah. burning down. Well, I think which it's, just makes it even. It's sad. because they're trying to get these. They're trying to get the fan. the The biggest thing in, in Cleveland Twitter is, do they get us? You know, like you got to understand the Cleveland fan struggle, yeah. and that's how they try to identify it. 
But we're going to go ahead and head into our next break since it is 929. We're going to come right back. We always end up talking with, about Cleveland. We always do because, you know, it's, it's who we are. But we're going to head into our next break, and then we'll be right back with Mike Fenner. And we're probably going to finish out the show because we had a l- huge weekend in Borough Sports. So stay tuned right here to WFSE 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Alrighty, we're back right here on the morning after. It's your boy Tubby alongside my man Vic. Let's see if we got um, our station manager, sports guy extraordinaire, Mike Fenner on the line. Completed is dialed. Please Mike, consult you your there? directory and call again or ask your operator for assistance. This is a recording. I think I messed up. Because apparently... Tubby. Yeah, that's a no bueno. <laughs> I think I hung up on him. Probably. Did you hear Okay. Him? No, he said he lost the call. He's calling right back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to be good. As soon as he calls back in, uh, we'll have that to go. But we had a huge weekend in Borough Sports. Huge. Huge. I mean, it started earlier in the week with the uh, women's soccer. Here's Mike coming on right now. Get the man connected. Mike, can you hear me? Mike. Fair I think should be in Oh, what's my hang up phone? Hello, Mike. Did I do this correctly? Or am I just messing this up completely? I did it according to the program. So the girls had uh let's see, they played against uh, also in program. Yeah. I did that. Trying to get this to go, and it's not. That's not right either. Uh, I know, I know. I have a line on. Right, I did that. And then. Phone's ladder in program. I did that. Phone's in program. I don't understand. Mike, can you hear me? Hello, Mike. No? Give him a call back. We're going to have to. We're going to have to just try to carry on here because I apparently can't. For some reason, I cannot figure this out. So, uh, yeah. So, let's just go. Here he comes. Trying to call it in again. Hopefully, this one will work. Mike. Hey. Yeah, let me try this again. I think I got it right. Mike, how about now? Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. We hear you, so I think we're doing good. Let me check the check the levels here. Go ahead, Mike. Say something. All right, uh, saying something, saying something. Yeah, we're good. We good. Yeah, we're good now. Holy crap. See what happens when Tyler leaves leaves Tubby in charge of the ship and it just, you know, runs amok. Yeah. No, you're good. Okay. So let's uh 
Let's go ahead, Mike, talk about uh, the Saturday football game, which our, uh, which our guy Vic here was a part of. And, uh, I'm just going to stay out of this. Against uh, Seton Hill. Mike, what do you got for me? Um, well, I mean, it was a really interesting day. I mean, you consider that two starting quarterbacks coming into this ball game don't play. Uh, Christian Strong, just over 2,200 yards on the season, 15 touchdown passes for the Griffins. Uh, sidelined, we found that out kind of last minute as it would be senior Dan Catrangelo getting the start at quarterback for Seton Hill. And then, uh, consequently, for Edinburgh, it was also the first career start for true freshman Jack Wallman, uh, who gets the nod with Jake Sisson suited up uh, and holding extra points, but I was told was not uh, medically okay, not cleared to play uh, at the quarterback spot. Uh, so it was Wallen who got the nod at quarterback for Edinburgh, and it was just a really different day, you know, really strange to start things off. Um, but in the early going, it looked like Edinburgh's offense had a, a ton of juice and a ton of energy. Um, really looked like they had a good flow going to get the both the running game and the passing game going early uh, in the second half, maybe just kind of ran out of it um, as Wallman was forced to throw 50 times on the afternoon. But um, my initial takeaways from his performance, I was really impressed. Um, you know, first career action as a collegiate here in Week 10, and I thought he really played a good game. I, I was really impressed. What do you think, Vic? How, how do you think he played? He's asking how, how you thought the, uh, the quarterback played. I thought Jack did well for his first, you know, start as a collegiate quarterback. You know, he made some mistakes, like that interception. He kind of lofted up that um, that uh, pitch. He messed up. Um, I like him. You know, I want Jack to stay as a quarterback. I just want to see what we have in him, and I think he did pretty well for his first start. Yeah, I think he did excellent. I'm listening to the broadcast, I heard you and Tyler on the call that Saturday, Mike, and it really sounded like one well, he had really good control over the offense, was moving it well. I believe at one point early in the game, I was like, has Burrow even ran the ball yet? And then that's when Bell broke it loose for that touchdown. Yeah, yep. Corey Bell goes for um, his season-long run, 54-yard touchdown. And uh, he looked different as well in the first quarter, first half. It just looked like the offense was ready to go uh, from the get early on. I mean, and back to Wallman, you know, I said 50 passes. That's the fifth most passing attempts for an Edinburgh quarterback, and that was his first career game. Uh, he still managed 31 completions, 283 yards, a pair of touchdown passes. You did talk about the interception, Vic. Uh, only one sack, though, which really surprised me, considering the shuffling due to injuries and such on the offensive line. Um, we saw a brand-new left tackle that was placed in, and Alex Mollick on the left side of the line. Uh, you had to slide Jake Potts over to left guard. The only two starters that remain in the same spot as they typically are uh, we're center Joe Sullivan and then right tackle Jason Watts, who's been in there for a few weeks now. Uh, Tavius Bridges did not play at right guard, and Dominic Fishcock got the start in his place. So, you know, that offensive line did a pretty good job as well, protecting Jack with only one sack allowed, and then with getting the running game going at least early on uh, as Bell got over the 100-yard mark for the first time this season, 116 yards on 14 carries. Unfortunately, um, didn't get a ton of help outside of that because – Jamal Edelard only got one carry. Um, and then in the running game, otherwise, I mean, we talk about Sisson, usually what he does in the passing game is also aided by the fact that he can move his feet and he can get upfield running the football. So that kind of element was gone with this offense because, in my opinion, Wallman's a true pocket passer, a guy that you're not going to try and run the football with too much with the exception of the speed option play. 
uh, which was the first snap in the third quarter offensively. Right. To me, it sounded like, uh, I don't know, it just sounded like he had uh, that Wallman. They had him back in, they had him in shotgun for most of the day, correct? Like they didn't really have him up under center? Yeah, mostly shotgun, but that that seems to be, um, you know, what that offense wants to do primarily. Okay, so I, I don't know. I, hopefully, they can get the uh, get this running game going, and that would help give a uh, like a relief valve for the uh, for the young freshman quarterback. But uh, apparently, I mean, he's comfortable throwing the ball. Uh, to me, I mean, his stats weren't. I mean, were good for, you know, for coming out and starting on. I don't know if it was really all that unexpectedly, but. Coming out the gate, I mean, for a backup quarterback, I, I liked I liked what I seen out of him. I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, my biggest thing was, uh, I mean, he got his two his two star receivers involved, and that's who he relied on heavily. Uh, Darren Massey, ten catches in the first half, only one in the second after scoring a touchdown in the first two quarters. Uh, Kara Kelly goes thirteen for one thirty nine and a touchdown as well. Uh, maybe the problem though is, I don't think at this moment they have that third guy uh, since. You know, Connor Hollenbeck hasn't been suiting up to this team with a suspension. Uh, you're talking about Sean Rollick, Blake Reddick with other pass catches, but uh, no, no one has really cemented itself between backs, tight ends, or receivers as a third option uh, as a go-to player for this Edinburgh offense. Um, and I guess to the defensive side, uh, Vic, what did they give you guys as a look? Because, um, you know, they don't have the starting quarterback out there, but still some, some really talented players. What did you guys see out there? Uh, on the other side, he's asking uh, what you've seen on the other side for uh, for the defense. What was Seton Hill giving you for looks and stuff? I mean, we expected a lot of five wide and them throw the ball a lot. And when we got in our our dime package, when we had three down linemen, they were consistently running the ball, and that gave us a little fit because we only had what five in the box and they had five linemen, so they had an extra gap right there. And that's when we had to get out of that. And and then when we got out of that, they started passing the ball a lot more. So it was just a, it was a tough game to play. They had good. Uh, they're a well coached, and they had uh, they had answers for us. And I thought we still played very well on the defensive end. We just made mistakes. You know, we got down, and then like it just brought the whole team just got down. And it was it was hard to overcome Jack's fumble right down there at like the ten yard line, I believe. And then they scored right then. Those quick two touchdowns at the beginning of the second half really put us behind the ball. Yeah, and uh, certainly with Seton Hill, um, you look at the total yardage here, 653 yards of total offense. Um, went and looked at that yesterday, and that was actually, unfortunately, I think the third highest um, by an opponent of Edinburgh in program history. Uh, 399 yards through the air for Pietrangelo, the senior, who I referenced earlier. 35 for 48, three touchdowns as well for him through the air, and then 254 yards rushing on the ground with a few different guys. One big play that stood out to me also, Tubby, was – the fake punt uh, in the first half. It was fourth down and five near midfield, and Seton Hill uh, going for the gamble, and it was Khalil Howard who had already scored a rushing touchdown from his fullback spot, burst through for 38 yards, and I thought that really gave Seton Hill another new life kind of possession that they weren't counting on. Um, it ends up resulting in points as well. I'm pretty sure that's when they tacked on a field goal late in the half. Uh, so. I mean, I, th- I thought that was a big-time momentum swing, and then just like Vic referenced, the fumble that you know was deep in Edinburgh's territory already that led to a Seton Hill touchdown, one of two back-to-back, that really uh, really hurt that defense's momentum because they were put in a bad spot in the field. Right. Uh, who's Who are we going to go face then uh, this coming weekend, Mike? 
What's that? Who are we facing this coming weekend for Borough football? Well, it's, uh, it's going to be a long haul, six-hour trip to Millersville. The Marauders coming off with their first win of the season over Cheney, 26-6. to uh, So Millersville, Edinburgh, that'll be a 1 o'clock kick on Saturday. Um, and I'm interested to see, you know, what, what we get at the quarterback position. Is Sisson healthy enough to play? Um, if he is healthy enough to play, does he still get the nod? Is it the freshman Jack Wallman again uh, trying to build on that body of work? And when I talked to Wallman after the game, I mean, he kind of seemed like a kid in the candy store. He was so excited and so amped up to play. I mean, he told me it was a dream come true to play college football. Uh, was so excited to get those game reps. And both he and Coach Browning were excited to have, you know, tangible game tape that they can go look at now and see exactly where he's at, evaluate where he's at. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the start in Week 11, this final game of the season, even if there is a healthy Jake system. Not to discredit Jake, but... I think you almost want to see what the, what the freshman can give you after this past week and see if he can build on that performance. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's kind of what I'm monitoring. But um, it's going to be a game of who wants it. Uh, with a long trip for Edinburgh and then Millersville, its final home game with Senior Day, all those things. Um, should be interesting to see how it, uh, how it unfolds. Right. I'll, I'll be excited. And we're going to be able to listen to that right here on 88.9, correct? Oh, yeah. You and Tyler on the call right here, 88.9 WFSE. You can stream it through edinburghnow.com, or you can catch it via the TuneIn app. So uh, that's if you've never heard Mike and Tyler call a game, it is something to behold. Um, it's it's <laughs> excellent. I, I love it. I mean, I did it. I've done it all this year. I've tuned into you guys, and really the way you guys are able to verbally paint a picture is simply amazing. Good job out of you guys. Speaking of which, we talked about it earlier in the broadcast. You guys called four games in the last seven days. Am yeah, I right? Am I right um, with that it's figure? Kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to think about. It's it's hard to believe at this point. I'm pretty tired uh, waking up today after after realizing that. Yeah, I'm surprised you still have uh, vocal cords left. But uh, when <laughs> the action started uh, earlier this week uh, with the Edinburgh women's soccer, uh, they faced um, was it was it Kutztown at home? Yep, Kutztown in the quarterfinals. Cuts down in the quarterfinals. You and Tyler on the call. The ladies win that one. Uh, in a was it a one to nothing? Yep, one nothing in the PSAC tournament quarterfinals to move on to Friday to play Gannon um, in that match. Gannon, that game was interesting. That was a Friday Friday evening. Was it Friday evening or Friday Friday at one? I believe. Yeah, one thirty one thirty match on Friday. It was uh, Gannon, the top seed and the host for the PSAC tournament. Uh, also, fifth-ranked team in the nation, top-ranked team in the Atlantic region, and Edinburgh comes up with a 3-1 upset bid uh, over Gannon to advance to its first-ever PSAC tournament championship match, which we took in yesterday. Right. That Friday, I want to briefly touch on that Friday game. I believe the entire key to that game was the early red card against Gannon, which forced Gannon to play uh, 11 on 10. They were they were a uh, a player down the entire rest of the way. Uh, yeah. No, it, it was huge. I mean. All I kept telling Tyler, too, and we kept discussing was not only is, a, is it a red card overall, but it matters a whole heck of a lot when that red card comes. Uh, and it was early on in the match, within the first 20 minutes, if I can uh, remember it right. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 1833. player in Becca Albert for Gannon, but you're going almost the entire match now with 10 players. That's going to really play a huge role in fatigue and, and not having that extra attacker out there. 
that's really difficult to deal with for almost an entire match. So I think it really set them behind the eight ball. And not to discredit the Edinburgh effort, because they took advantage. They played very well still. Um, but that was a huge factor and uh, couldn't have come at a better time, I think, all season long for this team. Right. And as you, I believe uh, you and Tyler dubbed her Miss November uh, Brown coming away with uh, two goals in that game out of the – I think she had two in that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alex Brown, the junior forward, and uh, she had one. She had the game-winning goal, the only goal in the Kutztown matchup in the quarterfinal, uh, the game-winner late in that one, the 67th minute, and then comes in, notches two in that semifinal matchup. And then we talked to her after the match on Friday, and, you know, she was just kind of beside herself. She couldn't believe, you know, the, the way she's been playing, the way that her team was playing, and, and the fact that they were going for history here with the first-ever PSAC championship match for Edinburgh knocking off number five in the nation. Um, you know, they were just – it was complete euphoria, I felt, on that field at McConnell Family Stadium on Friday afternoon. Um, still with plenty to play for, obviously, but I think the biggest key with that win is they felt, you know, after the Tuesday match, they felt like they were pretty confident they were going to be in the NCAA tournament field, but they felt after Friday's match they were in. They had stamped their ticket, uh, and they still feel that way after talking to Coach Kagiovis after yesterday's match. Right. I kind of felt like it was uh, – now I'm really showing my age here, but it kind of felt to me like the miracle on ice. I, I remember <laughs> I remember actually saying, I was like, Oh my gosh! Do you believe in miracles? Burrow takes down Gannon. I mean, it, I mean, Gannon was a lauded team, and, and then to come off such that emotional high on Friday to roll right into the championship game against East Stroudsburg, um, last year's champion, but also the number seven seed. So they're a little bit of an underdog this year. A team that Burrow has already beaten through the regular season. Correct, Mike. Oh, yeah. It was only a couple weeks ago, too. October 24th, it was a senior day win for Edinburgh 2-1 to on a Saturday. So, you know, it was really interesting going into that match yesterday, the circumstances for both sides, like you talked about. Yet ESU coming in with a seventh seed out of eight, it didn't matter. I mean, they went through Westchester, they went through Slippery Rock, the two and the three. They ended up beating the four then in Edinburgh. And, you know, credit to East Stroudsburg, the defending champs. They go back-to-back with championships. And uh, they earned it. They, they played a heck of a match. Both sides did. It was a really, really well-played match, even across the board. And uh, as Coach Gary Kagiavis said to us afterward, it was unfortunate one of those two teams had to lose because, I mean, going into overtime, the shots even were dead, even at 17 apiece, along with the scoreboard saying 1-1. Uh, those two teams wanted it, and East Stroudsburg comes up with a break at the end. Right. I, I'm listening to it at home. And uh, I remember getting so excited because uh, Burrow struck first blood early in the first period. And then hoping that they could hold on, I was waiting for them to get that insurance that insurance goal, and it just didn't come. And then the Warriors sneak in and tied it all up going into the half. And it stayed that way through the second. And going into overtime, I thought we had a, a really – like it was just a brand-new game. Like the, the earlier the earlier play didn't even matter, and we were just starting all over again at 0-0. I mean, it was it was really tough to 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 listen to this. Uh, basically, it was like a battle of attrition, in my opinion, from what I was hearing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that was very disappointing um, from, from our viewpoint watching that match in overtime was, you know, it goes seven minutes fifty nine seconds before the score from Shane Neal to get the game winner. Up until that goal, Edinburgh really had dominated the play, uh, carrying over 
some good momentum from late in the second half. And then in the first overtime, they were completely in control. And then all of a sudden, one wrong bounce, one misstep, takes the ball to the other side of the field. you got a two-on-one. And, you know, for the sophomore goaltender, Sarah Baskey, she's been marvelous this postseason. She's been really great. Uh, the backbone for this defense all season long. She's put in a tough situation, and they're able to cash in with the goal. So just a heartbreaker for Edinburgh. But uh, glass half full, like we talked about, you know, they, they do fall in the PSAC championship. Would have loved to have gone with the win in their first appearance. Um, but still have to feel like when tonight we see the NCAA selection show at 6.30 p.m. Uh, that they'll see their name as one of six teams in the Atlantic region to represent the PSAC in the NCAA tournament. They still feel like they've got a lot to play for and uh, that they aren't done yet. Right. So, Mike, if they get selected, or when, you know what, I'm not going to say if because I'm confident. I believe in this girls' team. When they get selected tonight, where and when will that first game be in the NCAA playoff? Well, here's the thing. Uh, NCAA playoff field, the format has it set that matches will be Friday and Sunday, first round Friday. And the site right now, it looks between two different schools. And this is very significant when it comes to Edinburgh uh, because the two sites, it's going to be between Gannon and West Virginia Wesleyan. You're talking about a 20-minute trip versus a four-hour trek down to West Virginia. Um, And the interesting thing here is that you look at the way those two teams finish in the PSAC tournament versus the Mountain East Conference tournament. Gannon does fall on the semis to Edinburgh, which could hurt the Fighting Scots travel plans, versus West Virginia Wesleyan in the Mountain East, uh, who only had to play a semifinal and a final. No quarters for them. Not as much depth there uh, with their format. But they do take care of business. Uh, they win in penalty kicks in the semis, and they win in overtime in the final yesterday. So West Virginia Wesleyan, with just two ties, no losses. Gannon, who sat atop the Atlantic region rankings for almost the entire season, at one point was number one in the nation for several weeks. They now have two losses, one to East Stroudsburg in the regular season, one to Edinburgh in the PSAC tournament. So you're either going to see Erie hosting or West Virginia Wesleyan, and that's a huge difference. Edinburgh would love to return to Erie, and I think we would really enjoy that as well with Friday and Sunday matches upcoming. Yeah, hopefully, well, fingers crossed we can get the matches up in Erie at Gannon, so then that way perhaps maybe we can sweet talk, maybe buy you guys some lunch, and maybe get you and Tyler up there on the call again for uh, the Friday-Sunday matches. And the only unfortunate thing for us um, is schedule-wise, even if they end up in Erie uh, for that Friday match at Gannon, We'll be hitting the road early, uh, as Vic knows. He can attest to this. Football, we're going to be making that trek to Millersville Friday morning. So uh, we're not going to be able to get the call on Friday if they play. But, you know, we're, we're kind of planning for if they do win Friday in that first round of the NCAA tournament, and it is in Erie, we're going to try as, as hard as we can to get up there Sunday and uh, make that happen on 88-9. So we'll see what happens. All right, hopefully. But you know what? It's always fun to talk about. Playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? It's awesome to be able to talk about playoffs here in the borough. Mike, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. And uh, so we'll look forward to it. I mean, we'll uh, we'll see what goes on the rest of the week, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be talking about them in the uh, NCAA tournament tomorrow. One thing I want to say, a couple quick things before I get off here. I want to thank Gannon's uh, athletic department and uh, sports information guys and Dan Koleski. And company. I uh, really want to thank them for a terrific job 
hooking us up with the simulcast yesterday as we got to go on GannonSports.com for the live stream. Uh, we were told on Friday during the action with semifinals, 1,100 viewers for those semifinal matches for the PSAC tournament. So we had the opportunity, and we're thankful and grateful for having it, Tyler and I, for calling that match yesterday uh, for everyone around the PSAC, namely you know, East Stroudsburg fans that couldn't make the trip. We were able to broadcast it out to them. So I want to say a huge thanks to the Gannon Athletic Department for that. And also, uh, Chubby, you talked about it yesterday uh, over Twitter, but, hey, Marcus Mariota. He's back, baby. Go Titans! Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it wouldn't be you if you didn't if you didn't stick in your little uh, Titans cheer. So it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> we know where your heart lies. All right, guys. I'm sure I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks for having me, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Mike Fenner, our illustrious station manager, sports guy extraordinaire, play-by-play on football, color on soccer. Uh, with his partner Tyler Trumbauer, uh, an exciting week for them, doing a lot of good things here in campus media. We're gonna uh, see. We're right at. We're right on it. We're like about. We're about done. We're, we're we are. We are done. This we is the done. end. This is the end of the show. I ha- I am Tubby. That's my guy Vic. Yo. And uh, this has been the morning after right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Stay tuned tomorrow as Tyler Trumbauer will be in, uh, thankfully, with the athlete formerly known as Chewy. They're going to probably talk about the Monday night game, which we didn't even get a chance to even look at. Uh, it's uh, it Chicago-San Diego. Chicago-San Diego. San Diego wins hands down. No reason to tune in. Um, <laughs> but uh, then I'm sure Chewy and Tyler will go over some NBA news and whatnot, and also preview uh, what's to come uh, with Edinburgh and uh, the sports and the soccers and the footballs and all the good stuff that happens around here. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check us out right here uh, on WFSE 88.9 or streaming now through edinburghnow.com or on the TuneIn app. Have a great day, everybody.